Hi there, this is Leah Lund. On this episode of the I Am Vibrant podcast, I have a special guest who is teaching all about a way to optimize your peak performance that's a way you might not expect, though it is a way I think we should all have learned in kindergarten. This is something that can help you awaken your creativity, maximize your well-being, and amplify your peak performance in an unexpected way that gets great results. Tune in now to this episode. Hi, everyone. It's Leah Lund. I want to welcome you to the I Am Vibrant podcast. This is the place where you can come and fill yourself back up because Everybody has a lot going on these days, professionally, personally, um, and it doesn't need to deplete you. You absolutely can expand your capacity right along with your ex- expanding your joy of your experiences in your life. And that's what this show is here for, to help you do just that. So I'm so excited today to introduce you to my guest, Frank Fitzpatrick. First of all, Frank, thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you, Leah. It's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Me too, because I find what you do very fascinating. Like as soon as I was introduced to your work, um, I just thought, why haven't I seen this before? (laughs) Um, Not only your work, but like, why isn't this just a, a, a mainstream conversation about how to really amplify human per? potential and performance through something we all know and love, which is music. So uh, just to tell people a little bit about you, I know your mission is really to amplify human potential at scale through the power of music, health sciences, entertainment, technology, and you guide and, and uh, speak with leaders and entrepreneurs and innovators in lots of different areas, health and wellness experts, high performers, but also anybody curious about up-leveling the human experience with music. And you really show the power of music, the power it has in our everyday life to awaken our creativity and to improve our well-being and truly to rewire our brains and deepen our relationships even so that we can really amplify our human potential. So there's a lot in there (laughs) to unpack (laughs) and, and we could go a lot of different ways. But let me just kind of turn it over to you to to introduce on a on an introductory level here about why music why can music do all of that well music is a, a mysterious and amazing um resource that we have in the world it's been around forever in every culture and we know that and and um and up until about 500 years ago when it shifted in western society it was an integral part of every aspect of our daily rituals and practices and relationships and medicine and, uh, uh, you know, education. So that's slowly shifted over those years. And, but it, the, 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 pre- the premise of why it's important and what it can do for us really hasn't, we just haven't really been teaching and each other and teaching our children for the last several generations or on how to do these things, you know, the music kind of a music appreciation 2.0 or 3.0. We learn about the great composers. <laughs> we learn about the pop music through pop culture, but we don't, nobody really teaches us about, you know, when you're a young kid of how you can practically use music to actually up level your, your studies, you know, your, your, your joy, your communication with friends, your relationships, your, 
um, your, you know, relaxation, your reduce your stress. And these are all, these are all things that we can do and they're all scientifically validated. It's not just a, a nice cliches mm-hmm. and it's, and it's very, so why can music do this to us? I mean, for the reason that a lot of what we call the neural triggers and neural stimulators and can do it, can do these things to us because it affects um, our neurochemistry. It affects our biology. It affects the cells of our bodies with sound and resonance. It affects, um, you know, important neurochemicals like serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin. And so there's a lot of things that it, that music does. And when we stack it with other things like exercise for performance and, or, you know, preparation for sleep, it, you know, it, it takes all those other tools that we would use in our toolbox for optimizing our life for greater fulfillment or for performance um, and kind of amplifies them. If you, you know, pardon the word up a little bit, you know, it takes them to another level, you know, and our, and our DNA is structured and, and our chemistry is structured to understand that language, no matter who we are. It's, it's so, I love that explanation and I, it's so true. And, you know, I said, why don't we know this? But on some level, we do know this, right? We're so drawn to music. Uh, you can think of a song, even if you're not hearing the song, just remembering a song sometimes that um, transports you back, you know, to like a, a time at a younger age or a really wonderful, fun day that you had. And it really does change how we're feeling in a matter of seconds sometimes, which is so powerful and obviously is explained by science and the neurochemistry part of it. But I think everybody can relate to that feeling of just, they hear a couple of notes of a song that's uplifting and they are literally uplifted. Absolutely. I'm going to add this to my list of things we should learn in kindergarten. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or Or when somebody creates the manual of like how to be a human being and how to optimize our experience here. Um, music should be on that list. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think also it's just, um, you know, a friend of mine was just explaining to me yesterday about her one and a half year old and, and she gets most excited when she hears somebody sing, she just mesmerized. And, uh, and when she hears a song that she loves, she already has her favorites. She just starts to, her body starts to move. She starts dancing freely. So imagine we actually already know our bodies and minds already know this connection. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the gap is that we're, you know, by the time we're in kindergarten, we should be pretty well trained in what we can do with it. But we're not, we're, we can hit 50 and have never been trained on what we yeah. can do with it unless we came into it as a, a passion or a study or something else. You know? Yeah, what popped in my mind, and I'm not going to derail us <laughs> too much here, but um, <laughs> my grandson is on the autism spectrum. And not is a little verbal, but you know, not a lot unless it comes to a song. And then he knows every word and he gets so excited and he'll sing it over and over and over again. And, um, you know, it's a whole nother language that, um, he can access and it's just, it's incredible to watch. Yeah, that's beautiful. It, you're absolutely right, Leah. It, 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 um, you know, music has the ability to connect to more parts of the human brain than any other stimuli. So for when we're challenged, um, we want to become coherent, whether we want to just become coherent (laughs) in our focus or our meditation or our mindfulness, or we're challenged in certain um, functional areas of the brain, it can help bridge those areas and um, bring, whether it's 
you know, I don't know if you've seen this, the latest special on Tony Bennett and, you know, on the, what's that, you know, definitely seen specials on Alzheimer's and music. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, where it's, uh, has the capacity to just re bring people into a whole new memory and sensory state that they would have not been able to access otherwise in that condition. Wow. And, um, you know, there's a great story at, when we speak about the autism spectrums, because there is, we can do a lot with sound in supporting that, you know, mm-hmm. and supporting stress and overstimulation in these areas. Um, but there's a great story. I'll, I can come back to it about a, you know, a, a, a young boy I worked with who I was told was on the autistic spectrum, but his capacity through music was quite amazing. So, uh, you know, if you want me to tell that now, I will, but I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to take all our, yeah. all our time. Um, yeah, let's get, let's come back to it. Let's actually, I would love to hear, cause I know you have a story as well where, you know, we're talking about at a young age and learning this in kindergarten and, um, but you had a story possibly even earlier than that. I'm not sure about a flute and about perhaps the seed <laughs> being planted of this work that you do today. Well, I would say, yeah. So I would say two things planted. I would, there is a story about a flute, um, when I was a small boy, I want, I really wanted to play the flute. I'm not sure why the flute was what drew me. And, um, and so we didn't have a lot of resource in my family. We had a lot of kids. We had a family of nine and we grew up mm-hmm. in Detroit and, and we went to the public school system and, but part of the public school system offered instruments and, and allowed lessons to kids. Um, but they had to pass a test. So my mom took me to this, you know, the school administrator and this little, you know, dark room in the basement of the, you know, old stone school. And it was, and, um, you know, he put me through all these tests that I didn't understand in terms of, you know, music and rhythm and timing and, you know, pitch and, and, um, well, lo and behold, I, you know, I, I, I failed the test. So I wasn't allowed to have free mm-hmm. instrument and I wasn't, so my music career was history <laughs> or my, my, and I wasn't even looking for a music career. I was just looking, you know, for a way to connect more deeply with music through, you know, having seen and heard somebody amazing play the flute, you know? So I don't know if that would have been my catalyst for the work that I'm doing today, <laughs> but it was a catalyst to, to keep me going. Like it's a good entrepreneur story actually more than a mm-hmm. music story because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, um, the number of naysayers, that I've, you know, like any entrepreneur has to face, but I've had to face, in a, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur, you know, the amount of rejection you have to go through on a regular basis is, you know, so you have to have something that keeps you going. And, and uh, you know, music allowed me to snap back. More importantly, you know, and because I, I love music so much and I wasn't going to let him take his telling me I couldn't do it, take it away from me. Yeah. But more importantly, a few years later, Detroit, um, this is the early 70s, and at the time, Detroit was the Silicon Valley of America. It was the technology center. It was the heart of the auto industry. It was, um, you know, one of the music centers of the world with Motown records and all the rock and roll and jazz going through. And so, you know, I grew up, you know, listening to all kinds of great music with five older brothers, you know, sharing some stuff with me. But by the time I was 12, Detroit went from being the, the richest middle-class city in the world to 30% unemployment and a million people fleeing the city w- w- because of, you know, the forced uh, desegregation and, and crime and corruption and all the stores were shut down, the schools shut down. It looked like the beginning of COVID. And, um, and I remember laying on the floor 
of my parents' living room in the middle of the night with the only family headphones on my head, <laughs> listening to Marvin Gaye, shouting mm. what's going on in the world. And, yeah. and knowing at that point that, you know, music was the only thing that was separating me from the chaos outside. You know? And so I was a very sensitive kid and, and it wasn't a very sensitive time or a very sensitive city. The streets of Detroit were pretty rough. So it was my lifeline. And I decided right then and there, this is 12, 11, 12 years old that, you know, I'm going to spend my life, you know, helping other, you know, making music and helping other people find music as a tool to add to their resources so they can find calm in the midst of chaos and, and joy in the midst of when it's just not there for them. Thank you for sharing that. That um, That's a whole nother aspect of this. Um, of using music as a, as a tool, as a, as a resource. I don't know if that's a good word for it. Um, uh, you know, to, to navigate what we go, what we go through in life and whether that is something like you're describing that I can't even imagine. I I had a very different upbringing on a farm in the middle of nowhere (laughs) where there was nothing like that going around. Um, but, but you know what, there was also plenty of music. You know, right. and, and sure. everybody in my family played instruments of some kind. And, and that was kind of like what fa- family gatherings were is, you know, playing music and sharing music together. So right. um, so from a from a emotional health standpoint, what an incredible tool. And then also ranging to a tool for optimizing our, our full potential. So let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about that. How, how can we use music? to unleash or optimize our potential as as humans as people but also in our in our work and i know this probably gets into the performance area of things whether it's you know business performance athletic performance all kinds of performance right how do we use music for that let's start in the performance realm and i don't want that to to intimidate anybody you know the peak performance work that i do with leaders and and um whether that's with athletes and or executives running big companies or okay. doing startups. So, um, but if you take basically, as you know, I, as I go through in, in, in my latest book, Amplified, you know, if you take any of the practices that are we use in kind of training peak performance or flow or even life fulfillment, you know, meditation, sleep practices, you know, we could talk a little bit about your food and diet and we could, you know, mm-hmm. uh, movement, um, exercise, you know, any of these things that we've have been, proved to be, you know, scientifically valid, but we already know are, are to optimize our performance, our state of flow and fulfillment and creativity, you can add and integrate music into any of those as like the secret ingredient in a great dish, you know, okay. and, and, and it will basically shift those numbers, if you will, want to measure <laughs> or that, that experience by, by, by a good margin for many people. So, and it's there's something you said, you know, um, you know, I don't want to just go into the sports arena, but there's something that you said interesting about, you know, even when you, you know, even when you're not listening to the song to just think of a song. Well, there's, you know, a couple of Olympic athletes who have won races because they they can't listen while they do their their event, but they can train so much with the, the song and the music that it's they, they hear it throughout their performance. Oh, Even wow. It's not playing. Uh-huh. But the brain is still processing the rhythm, the tempo, the feel, the emotional triggers, the extra boost in the, you know, in the different neural 
chemicals and stimulators mm-hmm. that triggers. Um, so it, you know, it's, it's interesting that just, if you, it's just like when you think of somebody you love, you know, you can, you know, you get the feeling, even though they're not there, if you think about, you can think through this, the song will process in your brain, even when you're not hearing it. So that's a pretty amazing thing. And yes. it processes your brain when you're not thinking about it, but you are hearing it. And that's another, you know, whole area. But, you know, I don't want to get stuck in the peak performance piece because, I mean, I I love that at work because my belief is that, the, you know, what we learn from studying optimal peak performance and, you know, whether it's extreme athletes or high performers in business are, are tools that we can give to everybody. So it's kind of like, you know, NASA learns, teaches a bunch of stuff that they may or may not use in space, but we can bring it back and use it through all these other developments of all these other technologies. Yeah. So I, um, you know, so I, I, I you know, I want to help as many people as possible. You know, to me, a peak performer is a mom, single mom raising three kids. <laughs> it's like, you know, Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, she needs, you know, the best, you know, we can call it tools and call it instruments and call it resources, you know, that she can get. And, and this is one that she can not only use for herself, but she can share with her mm-hmm. kids and, mm-hmm. and build these other bonds. So. Yeah, it's, it's so. Can you share? So you mentioned in Amplified in your book, like there's, uh, I forget if you use the word rituals or, um, uh, but you know specific kind of practices that you could do. Right. Could you give us an example of one and how how you combine music with that? Or, yeah. So there's, not, um, I can give you a couple of quick ones. We could talk okay. quickly through meditation, focus. Um, okay. You know, and and movement. You know, so. Um, okay. So, you know, meditation, a lot of people are challenged by meditation. Obviously, there's a lot of different definitions of what meditation is. Um, there's a lot of science around how good it is for the brain. Um, but music is a great entryway for into um, meditation. So whether that's using sound like humming or mantras like chanting and or setting, creating what I call a sonic temple around you with a with a sound with sound or, or soft music or inspire, you know, whatever it is that kind of brings your body and helps bring your body more quickly into a state of coherence, which is what you're trying to really do and your mind into a state of settled kind of focus or relaxation coherence with, with, um, with the music. And it, you know, for some people that they, they can't do silent meditation or they can maybe in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great, it's a great gateway. Um, and, not only to enter, but for other people who have been practicing silent meditation to take it to a new experience and a new level. Um, In the Vedic practices, they say that the the number one path to enlightenment (laughs) is is through um, the bhakti practices, which is basically a singing practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so, you know, um, focus is another one. So we can use music to focus, you know, it's a little like the relaxation is a little different. Focus music is different than music that inspires us or motivates us because it's meant not to motivate us <laughs> and not to, and mo- in means of motor, when I say motivate, move as like a motor, not to get us moving physically, like some mm-hmm. music will, and not to get us emotionally moved because it'll take us out of our work. So focus is a very different kind of music, but we can specifically program music and use music for when we just got to, you know, you know, bury down and get those those reports done. You know, and then the last one, um, 
you know, I said is movement. I think movement's probably more obvious to people because, you know, uh, you know, in our brain, you know, there's, you know, in the cerebellum, you know, emotions and, and, and motor coordination are connected. Um, so, you know, we all know that when we hear a great song with a great beat, it's very hard not to tap your foot or dip out of your chair. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. but, and I, I often ask, you know, during COVID when a lot of my clients, you know, couldn't get to the gym and they, they had pretty, you know, or, or you know, couldn't get do their yoga classes in the same way. I, I said, you know, you, you really have no excuse. You like to dance, you know, so do a, if you just put on your favorite song twice a day and do a three minute dancer size, it'll completely change your neurological state and get wow. you into a different flow. Or you do a, you know, a one song walk around the block. You know, it's, these are ways to, you know, just like you said, it can happen within the seconds or minutes. Um, and uh, and so we can use these as micro practices throughout the day, which we don't really we always mm-hmm. think about. Well, when I finally get to the, go to the gym again, <laughs> right? right? Or, yeah. so, so and then um, you know I said I'd stop at three, but you know, and we can come back to this. But sleep <laughs> sleep is a big one with people with stress these days. So if you mm-hmm. want to come back to sleep, we can talk about that. No, I want to talk about sleep. I call it a nutrient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I call music a nutrient. I call it, you know, we have a sonic diet, you know, yes. our, our sonic diet is very critical to our, both our identity formation and our, and our sense of self and our um, health. But, but we can talk about sleep. I, you know, let's talk about both those things. Let's, let's do sleep and then come back to sonic diet. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's sleep on it. And then we'll come and wake up <laughs> yes. for a good, a good breakfast together. Yes. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> So the most we know about um, sound and music and sleep is in the, I'm going to talk about sleep quickly in three stages. So there's sleep preparation, you know, that's the hour or so getting ready before you go to sleep. There's, you know, the hours when you're um, unconscious. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's the the time when you wake up. And as we know, in most performance trainings or trainings, you like the time you have the most control over in your life or what we call those AM PM bookends, you know, when you mm-hmm. first get up in the morning, if you can get up early enough to have some deep work, private time and, and the night when everybody stops calling you. Right. So I call those musical bookends. So how do we use those musical bookends um, to really completely change our experience of our ongoing life on a daily basis? And, and one is sleep preparation period. So, you know, this hour before you go to bed, getting digital devices off, um, you know, screens off, blue light off, you know, um, st- stressful conversations done, thinking about work, driving, <laughs> you know, all of these things. And moving into music is, it doesn't have to be the only tool. You could be while you're doing a bath or stretching, you know, or meditating, but music, you know, to prepare the brain and help it to get more settled so that it can transition into sleep and have a better night's sleep is, is a huge tool. It's a huge tool, you know. Um, and then, and then waking, on the other side, you know, I had to do a campaign, a project, a research project a few years ago that was motivated by Starbucks of all people, but they wanted to actually know how we could help people wake up happier and healthier every day other than coffee. <laughs> so, you know. Really? So, Starbucks yeah. did this research? Yeah. Well, oh, no, I did the research. You, but <laughs> but yeah. requested it. That's amazing. Right, yes. <laughs> so, so, um, but anyways, you know, there's less known about that because obviously there's a lot of variables, someone coming out of sleep and what they did the night before and, you know, all these. But nonetheless, there are a lot of things that we can do in the morning to completely change our day. And I can guarantee you it'll change your day. So one, you know, I don't know how many people of your listeners still do this, but if you have an alarm clock, 
that's got an alarm <laughs> that's jolting your brain into a state of awakeness straight to a extreme beta state from a you know deep you know delta state or wherever you were just were i mean that's just like you know you know you know attacking an animal when they're sleeping in the in the wild <laughs> you know it's horrible <laughs> so, yeah. so you know there are easy things we can do with that you know it's you know whether you use you know features on your phone which you have in the other room hopefully you know not too close at hand or whether you get a, a clock that plays music that kind of gets softer louder as, as you as you um if you don't wake to it it just slowly gradually gets louder but it's something that's not the cnn and it's not uh you know blaring alarm and then um and then I personally, you know, I encourage people then fill the house with music. You know, if you're, you know, if you're got a family, you got different hours, it's different, but you can still create this sonic temple within your space. And, mm. and that'll really change the beginning of your day. You know, even if you don't have time to meditate, it puts your body into a more less, uh, it'll put your, you know, your neural chemistry and your neural system into a more kind of calming state as you enter i actually you know create a playlist so that i know how much time i have to get over that sleep inertia <laughs> with one reason, oh. get my water down you know do my you know do my certain my sort of rituals or routines but i have it and then by the time i make it to my meditation stool and and uh, and then up again with some stretching and movement and so it, for me, so I don't like spend this aimless extra 20 minutes wandering around, <laughs> you know, I just go, oh, the next, you know, this piece of music's coming. Okay, this piece of music's coming. And, and so it keeps me in that semi-conscious because I'm not a great morning person, but I have to do a lot of things in the morning uh-huh. and I like it. So, so there's many things we can do in the, in the sleep wow. category, but wake, waking up is, is definitely one of them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then how about sonic diet? What do you mean by a sonic diet? Well, you know, one way to think about the way we ingest sound and music um, is like the same way we would eat, ingest food. You know, junk food is just going to, you know, make mush out of the brain and, and, and kill the energy, knock it down. Right. So sound and music can do the same thing. So too much noise, you know, too, too much, you know, the wrong music at the wrong time, you know, trying to have a conversation over a pounding <laughs> in a restaurant, yeah. but you want to be a deep conversation with a friend. You know, I mean, we could go into all the different variations, but, you know, the the interesting thing about sound and that we're learning more now um, and people are starting, I think, to be more aware of is that, you know, the ears don't shut. So it's like your mouth is always open. It's just like you just let whatever comes into mm-hmm. it come into it. Right. And most people mm-hmm. aren't conscious enough and we don't. And we have this adaptive system in our hearing so that, if you know, our hearing is our first line of defense for the lymphatic brain to know whether or not we're in danger. Because we can't see what's coming behind us. We can't. But we can hear from all over, you know, what we can't see. So it, the first thing it has to do is identify what it hears as being safe or not. You know, and if it identifies as it's safe or not important, like it's not the person you're talking to, it's this person screaming across the room, you know, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. then you can, your brain will know it, okay, can turn those down, turn those down, turn those down. Well, we end up, because we, unless we take time to resensitize our sound and, and kind of retune our ears and, and, and focus on what we want to listen to and refresh them and that part of the brain, then we end up just turning down about 90% of the world all the time. 
and it's, but it's still going into us. So if there's lyrics married to music that are emotionally programming our subconscious, you know, that's still going on. <laughs> if there's yeah. noise that's triggering the, the nervous system, that's still going on. If you're listening to really low res um, digital MP3s across, you know, bad earbuds, earphones, um, your brain has to autocorrect for all that. Your brain even has to autocorrect for listening in mono or stereo because the world is spatial. <laughs> so, so it has to go, well, okay, this is not right. How do I compensate? And we don't know yeah. this is going on, but there is a low level of stress in the brain all the time dealing with noise, distortion, um, low signal, you know, too much time on like 1D and 2D um, audio, like you might get on a Zoom call. So you might be exhausted by the end of a, you know, a day of phone calls and Zoom calls, not because you're exhausted, but a big part of it is because your brain's been working so hard just to co- compensate for the sound. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I think what I, as a final question, I would love to hear an example or two of results that you've seen from, um, I'm going to call it music therapy because <laughs> that's what it's sounding <laughs> like to me, but what kinds of things have you, have you seen, your clients, you know, be able to adjust or uh, accomplish? Well, I mean, some of the, you know, general ones, you know, with the clients are, you know, helping people to move into meditation um, when they were, you know, uncomfortable with it before reframing it Mm -hmm. in a different Mm -hmm. way, you know, giving them a, you know, music listening practices that accomplish the same thing in a different way. Um, You know, other things are in, you know, what that one of the like the routine stuff I just told you about the sleep prep, mm-hmm. you know, sleep has been a big one, and then also waking up and and structuring, prepping for deep work, you know, um, mm-hmm. has been really um, valuable to a lot of people. The, you know, another thing that's been helpful to, you know, not necessarily in the high performance space, but in the relationship space, and I and I recommend this for people anytime you know dealing with either clients, friends, families, children, you know, so, uh, you know, I'll tell you a little story that, you know, I, I tell in the book is there's, you know, that there's this 12 year old boy, Daniel, and he, you know, he goes to visit his grandfather in the hospital and his grandfather's, you know, failing and not doing so well. And, um, but then, you know, the conversation's still about the same as it's been, you know, for the last five years. And it's, you know, it's like, grandpa, how you feeling? Oh, not so good. <clears throat> you know, you know, you know, how Daniel, how's, how's sports going? I used to, how's the football game going? And he's like, no, grandpa, I play hockey. You know, it's like, <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know, the conversation just kind of, nobody knows what to say. They love each other. They don't know how to express it. Mm-hmm. So I give them an exercise. I say, now, you know, you're going to go ask him these couple of questions. Try this, you know, and it's like, so he asked his grandfather, you know, what's the song that you and grandma fell in love to? What was your favorite song? You know, what did you like to listen to when you were my age? And Mm -hmm. and as we spoke about earlier with the Alzheimer and the you know stuff before a little bit before the call, you know, it brings back those memories, and it brings it to a very deep, quickly heart-centered conversation. So he learned more about his grandfather in those last passing days um, through the because breaking the emotional handicap barrier of the generation by being able to break down the defenses just by having his father, you know, his grandfather would never explain. Uh, if he said, you know, how did you and grandma get along? <laughs> it doesn't work, you know, but right. you know, what was that 
And, and because music's such an important identity piece, especially in those developmental years, you know, from 12 to 21 and when the brain's developing, um, you know, it sticks with us for a lifetime. So we can just, you know, and it's a great exercise for if you're sitting down at a table with the holidays, if you're trying to get along, you know, have a conversation with your child who has completely different musical tastes, you know, it's like, you know, can you turn that down? <laughs> you, know, right. you want to pull your hair out? You can do just like, which one of these is your favorite? And why do you love it? You know, mm-hmm. you know? life-changing. I mean, that, that really is life-changing. Well, everything is about relationships. You know that. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, in all professions, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we could talk, yeah. you know, we could go into Olympic, winning the Olympics or any of that kind of stuff, you know, but we, we I know we only have so much time, but yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a tool on so many levels, you know. I just call it, you know, the secret ingredient. You can just, if you just figure out what, if you were to ask, we could go back and forth for probably two hours and you could just say, okay, I want to up-level my this. I'm having trouble with my relationship with my kids. I want to do better, meditate better. I want to cut, mm-hmm. you know, 30 seconds off my timing on the marathon. <laughs> what can I do, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we could have a solution that was based in music and sound. That is an amazing secret ingredient. Um and I, I actually, I would love before we go to come back to the story of of the client or uh, the, the, I think you said little boy on the autism spectrum, because I, I think that's, I don't know, it's probably just personal interest for me. But no, <laughs> no, 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 others, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's fascinating because <laughs> okay. um, there's a lot of stigma and misunderstanding around autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won't get into all of that, but maybe this will help break some of it down. So I was developing... Um, and a social emotional learning program, um, in a pilot program in the uh, Los Angeles public school system, which is the largest um, public school system in America. And this was for people at that age of 11 and 12, which is when we for- have a big form- key formation of our identity. Um, mm-hmm. And it was everything we taught was based in music. Now it was integrated intelligence. So it was using movement and mindfulness, meditation, and all these different other practices, but music was at the heart and infused into all of it. <clears throat> so um, this is a kind of a, 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 um, a test pilot school, pilot program. So they built upon an entrepreneurial framework for a junior high school. I guess it's sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And we were prepping the sixth graders. And so they would have the, the kids sit around all the adult meetings. They would have invite one or two kids to sit around. So we're doing the planning meeting with the director of the school. I'm doing the planning meeting. With, and, and there's a couple of kids at the table. So I just go around and ask them, how do you use music? And, and I knew a little bit about this one boy. And, and he, he says, well, I use music to help me, you know, oh, he said, first of all, he says, he says, you know, I, I connect music to colors. And, and, and then we said, oh, I said, oh, explain to me. And, and he explained and, he, and we said, oh, you know what that is? Because his parents never knew and they never told him it's synesthesia. So he's, every time he sees a color, he hears a sound related to it and or vice versa. Mm-hmm. He's also, you know, highly talented and you know, like a level six pianist at 12 years old. And, and um, so he, he says, you know, when I get really mad, I, I see, you know, I go to the piano and I have these really dark, black and brown colors in my mind and I and I play them on the piano and then when I when I'm ready to shift my mood I start to play lighter keys and lighter colors and I follow the spectrum of color that moves through my mind and and I start to feel myself feeling better and more relaxed and eventually happier 
and then when he's done so now so so now this is a, a you know if i would have asked the parents the teachers of the you know or, or a specialist probably you know about the they would have said you know he's socially socially emotionally challenged mm-hmm. and i said to them He's not social. He's not emotionally challenged. He just has a completely different toolkit, and he's he actually can use that toolkit at a level that it takes most people who are professionals in in the music field fifty years of mastery to get yeah. to a place where they can let go of the performance aspect and use the music and move through the music to transform them as 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 opposed to them having to perform the music letting the music actually transform and being fully conscious of as they're going through that transformation fully conscious of that is amazing and that is emotional brilliance <laughs> right so um, to I me mean, that's an right? emotional like, genius right yeah right? A it's genius. Not, but it's not the way it doesn't come up on the test and it's not the way we classify it and, right but well, you know there's a lot of people on the spectrum whatever that you know even what that means mm-hmm. is who have just you know amazing resource that we, yeah. you know, that it's important for us to understand how, you know, whether they're, uh, you know, autistic spectrum, you've talked about on your show before, HSPs, you know, there's, you know, amazing ways mm-hmm. to, for them to use things like music and, and art to help them and where they can really excel. You know? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Ah, that's amazing. I love that story. Uh, before we go, let everybody know where they can find you, uh, where they can find your book, because I can only imagine um, how many people want to want to go further with this. And the beautiful thing about music, too, that I, I'll just say, because it kept coming up in my mind, is it's so accessible. It's there. It's like they're waiting for everybody. But anyway, right. how can we find you, Frank? Yeah, it's it's there for everyone, and and uh, it and everybody has their preferences, and all those preferences are are accommodated. So you know, yeah. in your personal music, so you can um, find out more, you know, check out, learn more, and get some free gifts. Um, if you know to get you started at amplifiedbook.com, amplifiedbook.com. Um, the book is Amplified: Unleash Your Potential Through Music, Through the Power of Music, and um, it's really meant for, you know. It's meant for peak performing, um, you know, athletes and executives who want to take themselves to the next level. It's meant for entrepreneurs who want to be able to, you know, do better. It's it's even meant for them to think about as they build their business and technologies, how they can integrate sound and music into it to be future facing and be more of a better resource, especially mm-hmm. um, and more engaging going forward. So there's mm-hmm. um, it's really meant to, you know, I'm, you know, I'm. Uh, me and the many people who have worked to help bring all this together are committed to transforming the way the world uses and experiences music to, to, you know, amplify human potential. And, um, and I, I, I hope it does that. I have a lot of, you know, beautiful people involved with it, a lot of brilliant neuroscientists and doctors and all that as well. And yeah. some talented artists. So <clears throat> amplifiedbook.com and people can find me, uh, easy at, uh, frankfitzpatrick.com. Um, if, I know that's probably a harder name to remember than the book name. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and, and we'll drop all these links in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. So that, and please yeah, reach out. Please there. reach out through either of those platforms if I can be of uh, any service to you. Um, like I said, I can. If you don't like the book, I'll buy it back from you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everybody that it doesn't, it's not my mission to you know sell out the books. It's my mission to help you know a million people through it as I've been doing with the nonprofit as well. Yeah, and so you are. 
It's amazing. Thank you so much, Frank, for being here, for sharing your gift with us. Um, And uh, I just wish you all the best because this is really meaningful work that you're bringing into our world. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Leah. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And and, uh, I I hope uh, it's been a nice listening song for everybody (laughs) and that they can uh, resonate. Yeah. Thank you. And for everybody who has been listening in, I will be with you next time. Bye for now.